You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Jesus, 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 you are, you are the joy of the Lord. Oh, Jesus, Alter and Omega, Jesus, beginning and the end, Lord, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we are in your presence and we are deeply, deeply grateful. Lord, as we share from your word this morning, speak to us by your spirit. Encourage the one who is downcast, strengthen the one who is weak. Lord, brighten someone's day, strengthen someone's spirit. Save us, deliver us, heal us. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. We shout a big amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to church, guys. Um, if you're your first time at LifePoint, welcome very specially. Thank you so much. My name is Idris. I'm the resident pastor here. Um, and we're really pleased to, to have you around, okay? Um, help me tell the person next to you. Tell them, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right. God bless you. Um, and, and we always say that at life point that at least once a week everyone deserves to be told that they are loved and for that reason so we then tell people in church that you know I, I love you and stuff like that so what then happens is that people sit next to their girlfriends in church they don't have but, but you have me look at the person next to you and with some intentionality tell them God loves you God loves you very much and then look at the other one who you did not choose, who you did not think was worthy of your love, and tell them, I love you too. I love you too. I know that feels a bit awkward for someone, but <laughs> it is church. And who knows, one day we'll say this thing and then... <laughs> mm. Amen. But let's focus on the word. Um, oh, let's celebrate IBK for sharing his God experience. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you bless you um, and, and the band that was brilliant that was a brilliant song let's celebrate our band perhaps it was Falabi's birthday during the week right happy birthday Falabi God bless you God bless you the day you go and collect the Grammy I will be there with you yeah. I don't know about you guys everybody confess their own but I will be there shouting we go to the same church if I'm going up stage with you in the back shouting out to all my Bini people <laughs> Hallelujah. Happy New Year for those of you who are just, re- you know, just coming back to Lagos. Yes, Happy New Year to you. <laughs> um, our pastor says to us, it's the year of new beginnings. And if you're cynical like me, you're like, look, this thing we say it every year is a scam. But the Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, not a son of man to repent of the things that he has said. It says, has he not said it, he will do it. Has he not spoken it, he will bring it to pass. And God gives us newness in, in years and in seasons because he wants to remind us that that's how he does. He, he, he starts every time. Okay? Lamentation says his, his, his mercies are new every morning. All right. So help me tell the person next to you, tell him, happy new year. Happy new year. All right. Um, 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 and so our anchor scripture for the year Isaiah 43 and out of verse 18 says remember ye not the former things nor consider the things of old verse 19 behold I will do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall you not know it I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert okay our conversation we started last week um, about a new me and last week we we had that conversation about how our walk with God is essential in the newness that God brings. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it says, nothing was made without Him. And so last week, we, we suggested to us that where we are with Jesus is really critical as we plan for the year. And that understanding that it is not just about uh, coming to church or even being born again but that there is then a process of transformation where it gets to the point where they look at the disciples in Antioch and say 
you guys are Christians. And so being Christian wasn't something you filled on the form. It was out of the overflow of the experience of being born again. Help me look at the person next to you and ask them, are you born again? Are you born again? Tell them, I'm really sorry to get into your space, but are you born again? Are you born again? If I look at your other person, because you know what? Look at it, but you cannot choose in service. This is the person I'm going to talk So look at the other one you didn't plan to and tell them you are too fine not to be born again. You are too fine. You are too fine not to be born again. All right? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> okay. Um, now, I'm a bit jumpy this morning. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe because Ogo is in town, you know. So, so, so. <laughs> lines, lines, lines. <laughs> what guys don't do for. Just score point. But yeah, it's a good effect on me. <laughs> um, but title for today's conversation is about a time for a makeover. Because God doesn't change, but yet he engineers newness around us. And for you to engage some of that newness, there's stuff about you that needs to change. Um, and it's more than just um, outward things. All right, I, I know someone wants to grow a beard eventually this year. I, <laughs> let's keep it simple. <laughs> okay, no calling. You know, <laughs> someone wants to um, move to Banana Island this year and join the rest of us who are already there. <laughs> You know, um, someone wants their club to win the premiership this year. <laughs> my club, Liverpool, my club. <laughs> but, but there is newness within you that is required. The, uh, so, so, you know, we sing that song, my head, how does it go? My head, my shoulders my knees, I didn't say you should sing it, I just, uh, and toes, they all belong to Jesus. But, and that is true because First Corinthians 6 says, do you not know that you've been bought with a price? But there is more about you than just your hair, your wig, your shoulder, your knees and toes. Your mind, your soul is critically important. And, and so there is a story about a gentleman who is taken off the streets by a bunch of uh, hairdressers and barbers in America a couple years ago, an old story. And they want to make a point. Uh, they want to, so they, they dress him up. They give him a haircut, a bat, you know, all the works, uh, you know, and, and then they take him to the convention and take a before and after picture and, and very simple, you know, uh, thing. They simply say, you know, see what the barbers of America can do. And I think it's a big deal, right? And I think they have the guy there and he's also shaking hands and such an impact, right? But what you know, then happens after the convention, he goes back to his old life. And then I think one of them decides they will go and look for him. And the story as it goes says they try to use this new picture of him all you know, glammed up and no one can recognize him until they bring out the old picture. And I think then they realize that, you know, all the barbers and all the hairdressers and all the fashion people can change how a man looks on the outside. But you have to change the soul, the, the mind of a man to have lasting change. And so we will consider that today. And we will pray. I, I do have a prayer in my heart. We would pray. How, how our minds formed. Because when you were born, a couple of, Chinaya, what's this? 18 years ago. Okay, 19. Let me not flatter you. Sunday morning. All right. <laughs> uh, you, you, you knew nothing. Falabi could not sing. <laughs> he couldn't sing then. Chinaya could not pray like a tractor, machine gun, all the... She couldn't do all that. IBK wasn't speaking. And IBK didn't come back with much of an accent. I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> No, not real, because if I went for that one year, trust me. <laughs> you guys, even you guys will understand me. <laughs> you know, so you barely knew anything. But a mix of things come to play. So our internal structures are formed through nature and nurture, they say. That we are products of our genetic code, we are products of our environment. And that from birth, different forces will try to determine what happens on your inside. 
And so what are the things that develop? Your thought patterns, your beliefs, your attitudes. Uh, people who grow up together tend to think in a particular way. If your father was an army man, the real, I'm not, this, nowadays army men are more, they have Instagram you know, accounts and all that stuff. But in the past, if your father was an army man, you kind of knew that these were the children of an army man. If your father was a professor, it kind of came through. If your father was a politician, it also came through. The Bible says that out of the heart flow the issues of life. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I used to say to people that spiritual warfare has moved on. And I think that's part of what we'll pray today. That, you know, growing up in places, strategic spiritual places like Ibadan, Benin, and otherwise, they would, you would hear about the work of witches and all that. And one of the things, and I know some of you live in Lekki or your life, you never heard this, but they would say someone was being pressed at night. It's a long time, but they've moved on. They've upgraded and all that. And I said to people that real spiritual warfare will get there happens within the mind, within the heart. They still exert upon things, but within the heart. That if you can safely, very securely, sow a thought, evil, wrong, within the heart of a man, the demons can leave him alone. As a man thinks in his heart, so is. If you convince a man that he's a, he's a dog, he will back. He will back. Your diet, so what you ingest over a period, what is said to you. Which is why parents should not insult their children too much. Or at all. Because it's hard for you to tell a child as he's growing up, you are mad, you are crazy, you are dull. And then wait for him five years later and say, why are you mad? Why are you crazy? Why are you dull? Same goes for all men. If you say all men has come. Um, your diet, what have you been, what you would read, you know, what you would watch, what habits would you form? Those things shape how you think, and we all think very differently. The emotions that you learn, the emotions that you choose, and sometimes the emotions that choose you. And so as God comes to us in the season and says, a year of new beginning, someone is saying, but can I change? You know, there's a scripture that talks about even the leopards cannot change their spot. Can I change in the way that I think? Can I change in who I am already? Uh, when I was growing up, um, I, mean, I grew up in Benin, for those of you who haven't heard that myself, I tell you a lot. I grew up in Benin. One of the things Benin people like to do is to shout. In a cultured manner, but we shout. It's not like, and I'm not for people now start one of these tribal wars. It's not like some other people just shout, shout aggressively. We shout in a very royal manner. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't say, I didn't call any other tribe. Police, just stay on your lane. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm so used to my grandmom. In conversational voice, you would hear it from upstairs. You know, and I was tempted to shout, but you guys will understand, Bini. Not all of you. And, and Bini people are not, we're not uh, quiet. That's the truth. But I didn't realize how much, um, it, it was actually a thing to be able to have a temper. You know? But I didn't realize how much that formed me as I was growing up. In fact, it was almost like a rite of passage to be able to lose your temper. I mean, if you move further down into the night, into the worry, for example, that is not just temper. It's temper and some other things. <laughs> right? What, what contributed to who you are today? My father loved to arrange things. I have taken it into a new realm. And hopefully, my wife and children will 
take it further. <laughs> it's a prayer. I can only pray. What brought you to where you are today? Philippians 2.13 says it is God who is at work within us to will and to do of his good pleasure. How, if we wanted to, would we engineer an internal makeover so that we can be ready for what God wants to do? Jesus, last week, we say he brings newness of life. How can that newness of life spread? Your mind has to be renewed. When you read Romans chapter 12, I think you read verse 2, but I like verse 1 in particular, and then we go all the way to verse 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we get saved, our minds don't get saved yet. The extent to which we allow God renew our minds also affects how much of Jesus we are able to show it is why you are Christian, loving God, yet driving one way. Because you were driving one way, you saw your uncles drive one way, you saw everyone drive one way, now you are saved, but that, hasn't, that mind hasn't changed yet. Maybe when they catch you and ask you to do a psychiatric test. That's why there's still a bit of a temper. That's why there's still some desires that are not necessarily consistent with your faith yet. But you are among friends. Because guess what? We are all work in progress. That work of transformation does not happen overnight. Let no man lie to you. Someone here who is almost giving up because you are still fighting with lustful thoughts. We'll get there. The renewal of your mind is a big deal in our faith. In some portions of scripture, Apostle Paul especially would say, let the mind of Christ dwell within you. That you get to the place where you see what God sees where you think like God thinks. One day, Saul is relating with the church as enemies. He's trying to kill them. He has an encounter with God. He has a change of mind. The Bible says, I think in 1 Corinthians, it says, no man knows the things that are in the heart of a man except the spirit of that man. Chinaya is here now looking at me. You all think she's concentrating on the message, thinking of that last scripture I called in different translations because that's what spiritual people do. But she might just be thinking, where will I have lunch today after service? And she says, I'm fasting. We are fasting. <laughs> but we do not know what is in your heart. In fact, we don't want to know. But it says, likewise, no one knows the things that are in the heart of God except the Spirit of God. And so one way that our minds are renewed is that we allow God's thoughts fill our hearts. And for years, we would say that the only way to renew the mind was by the study of the Word, and that is, that is central. But then there is the effect of prayer. There is the effect of confessions that are made over your heart. 
There is the effect of even prophetic encounters, encounters you have in the presence of God. Because a renewed mind is an empowered, illuminated mind. It's the mind of a visionary. It's a mind that accepts new mental models from God. Faith is a mental model, guys. It is why 12 spies go into a land, they see the same things, but they come back with different reports. Faith allows them to process what God is doing on top of what they are seeing. Love is a mental model. There is a way you can think in love. If you've lived in Lagos long enough, your thinking model is not love. It is filled with unusual aggression that cannot really be logically explained. And I keep on saying this, why do we drive the way we drive in Lagos? Maybe we should just record it one day and watch it. We, and so we take a road, three lanes, no, seven. Tell the person next to you, tell them, renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind. <sighs> but that way, and why is it important? Because we have to deal with strongholds. That's what scripture calls them. Imaginations, thoughts, arguments. How? Through God's word. In fact, I think it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you read three, four, and five. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians 10. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Verse four. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We'll stop there first. Because anytime we've talked about strongholds, we typically think that we are talking about things the devil does in some high spiritual place. And so he begins to explain it. For pulling down strongholds, so verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so, before we get saved, the devil would build all sorts of strongholds. For someone, you have seen modeled for you anger in its finest form. For someone, you've just seen irresponsibility modeled to you. One of the reasons why the devil fights our homes is so that the children will see bitterness. That's the truth. So that they can see and experience bitterness. And having received bitterness, everything they process in life has an aftertaste. And so the devil will build strong. And Paul says here, one of the ways to deal with them, he calls them arguments, is to cast them down by the weapons of our warfare. It says, and they're not carnal. When you read Ephesians chapter 6, it begins to list them. One of them is the sword of the Spirit, which he calls the Word of God. How do you know when strongholds exist that may then stand in the way of newness that God is speaking about? When you cannot imagine big things. where we cannot imagine great things, and I say that carefully, where your dreams are no bigger than your parents' dreams. Where your heart is filled with fear for no reason. In fact, I was preparing for this and I just got that line in my heart that sometimes we speak so much of fear that we don't look at unbelief and how that unbelief in the heart of a man 
is sometimes even more powerful than fear. When you see strange behaviors in our lives, and this is one thing we're going to pray about today, and I think it was two days or three days ago, praying, preparing for the service, and it was just that line, no to divination. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's very simple. Divination targets the mind. 2 Corinthians 4.4, Paul says, talking about a people, he says, Who the, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And so as we grow up before we meet Christ, and sometimes even after, one of the things the devil would do is that he would, he would find words to be spoken over our lives that then form strongholds in the very seat of our minds. Because everywhere you go, they say Nigerians are terrible people. And you hear that for 25 years of your life, after a while you begin to believe it. And that's what we, one of the things we're going to pray about today. We're saying, no more. This year, our minds will not be under the influence of divination. Because when I say divination, I know a lot of us think of this old man with you know, white hair, with cowries and cola nuts. But even the real babalhawas have changed. They now have iPads and Instagram accounts. They tell you to email them. You transfer the money to them. That's how it works now. They've moved on. But I love the scripture in Numbers 23 and 23. It says, For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. Because what has happened is that Balak in that situation has brought the prophet to negatively speak over the people. But there is something that God has said about them already. One of the things that we will do as we create internal makeovers is that we would find negative patterns of behavior and we would break them in prayer. In receiving wisdom, we're praying yesterday and I said to the church, the guys who were here, I said wisdom is a miracle. That when God will show you something, understanding, it's a miracle. Because sometimes when we talk about miracles and I, I want some people to say, we don't see miracles anymore. But every time you see 300 people queue up, climb some metal contraption and if you know, they close the door and they get in the air. That is a miracle. And so what God does, it gives us wisdom. And so we can replicate miracles on a daily basis. And so that instead of being consistently superstitious, God will bring us to the place where we become wise. Someone was saying to me the other day, that a mutual friend was afraid of getting married because everyone, or most of the people in her family had had broken homes. And sometimes God will show you but it's simply, it's a very simple matter that all of you, your body is hot. All of you, your family. And you know, it's, it's some, and sometimes you know it, even as children. Your house was, was full of commotion. Everybody was shouting, father, mother, everything. Your neighbors knew when you guys were home. They prayed for you guys to go on vacation. They knew you in the area. You were, you were very combustible. But what happens is that God teaches that person simple things. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. And so what it means is that when God tells me something, this is what I do a lot at home tells me something that normally should provoke a bini man, I just use a soft answer. 
Abby? <laughs> she agrees. And, and you practice it. And so it cools down. And so what happens is that, yes, you came from the same trail as everybody else, all five of you, but you have learned the wisdom of God. And so while there is fire in the other houses, you have learned that when your, sp- your wife says, oh, why did you not do this again? You're always not doing this. You just tell her, oh, I'm learning. I'm a child of God. I'm learning. I'm walk in progress. And I love you very much. And your hair looks so pretty, dear. A soft answer. <laughs> it's more than lyrics, my dear. It's a soft answer. It comes by the working of the Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> that's not what you feel. But it's a soft answer. And so while in the other house, they're saying, take them for deliverance meetings. You are having encounters with the truth that are changing how your mind works. It's not that hard sometimes. That when you pray, you also ask God to show you things. It says, ask me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know about. That you would ask God for redemptive steps to take. Hmm. As we initiate inner makeovers that will engage the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I, I think that's about two or three years ago I said it here, how the Holy Spirit wants to be our mental coach. Elite at, 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 athletes um, would tell you that they hire people to teach them how to think. Sometimes you would see some teams, and we will not mention names, who the commentators will say they are mentally fragile. So they can be ahead 4-0. Even their supporters know in their heart that we're soon going to lose this match. That we will create defeat out of this. And then true to form. They still did it yesterday, two days ago. <laughs> but let's not go there. And so they will hire mental coaches who will tell them, but when the, guys, when, when the guys show up like this, you square up, you look at them in the eye. And even if they are taller than you, in fact, sometimes you hit him first. In fact, when you're coming out of the tunnel, you don't talk to him. Don't ask him about his child. What ask him about child? No, this is not time to be nice. That is why sometimes I look at all this Lagosian prayer, lucky prayer we do. No, sometimes you have to pray violently. Sometimes you have to pray with intensity. But the Holy Spirit wants to be our mental coach. He wants to prepare us for what is ahead. For too long, we have treated the Holy Spirit as some far concept. But when scripture describes him, a lot of what he seeks to do is within the mind. Jesus says, when he comes, the Spirit of truth, he will teach you. When you read Isaiah 11, he says it's the spirit of wisdom, knowledge. That this year, someone needs to pray in the spirit a bit more. In fact, Jesus would tell Peter at a point, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. I've been praying this over the weekend that the pressure of the Holy Spirit will be on my heart that the greatest influence over my mind in this year and beyond will be the Holy Spirit. I've been praying that over my life. When you hang around someone long enough, you begin to laugh like they laugh. You begin to talk like they talk. I want uh, Caleb, Caleb once, uh, um, I mean, effectively was my ear for a while. And then, after a while, people will come to me and say, Caleb is behaving like you. And they say he, w- he was talking like me. <laughs> and they said he even mannerisms, he was picking up. I once worked with a guy, you know, and, and it was interesting that after working with him for seven, eight years, sometimes when I would talk, I would hear his voice. I would hear, I would, so when I pick up the phone and go, how are you? And how are you? That is exactly how he would answer the call. And I did not, I didn't know when I started. So when you start hanging out with the Holy Spirit, maybe it's on your way to work. 
30 minutes. And instead of playing Naira Mali at that early time of the morning, <laughs> I'm coming, we're coming there later. Is there, I mean, I, yeah, you, you, cannot, you cannot wake up in the morning. I'm, no. <laughs> no. 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 Tell your neighbor, no, 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 no. <laughs> Tell them, I, I, I'm persuaded of better things concerning you. Tell them, I am persuaded of better things concerning you. I am persuaded. It is, it's okay if you go to a party and you're dancing to something, but that you just wake up in the morning and you collect yourself, take your music, and then you start playing and you're going to work. Ah, ah. Hey, <laughs> God. And even the angels are looking at you in disbelief. <laughs> like, what? How? <laughs> you are not a Malian. You are a child of the living God. <laughs> yeah, it, Naira Mali, Jesus, Jesus died for you, not Naira. Naira Mali, <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> that you will give the Holy Spirit space. And so that one day you will start to laugh like the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, he who will sit in heaven will laugh. And some days you will be faced with a circumstance, but because you've been hanging out with the one who is God and that faith has become your mental model, you will start to laugh. They would say to you, oh, we're not accepting you in this and this, and then you just start to laugh and give glory to God. Like Paul and Silas, you start to praise God in the middle of a prison. That you would expose yourself to the right influence. That you would stay under the word of God long enough for it to change you. When I first started working, uh, my second job, they didn't do it on the first one, the second job, once we got into the, um, 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 what do you call it, orientation class, it was PWC, Murio Kualaro at the time. They told us, and you know, my wife was working for Arthur Anderson then, but they didn't tell them this there. But they told us, they said, guys, guess what? You are the best and the brightest. You've been selected carefully. And there's, uh, by the time they finished with us, every single day, every single person who came, you are the best and the brightest. <laughs> Even me that just came from Benin, after a while, I look at myself. <laughs> And I'm telling you, they told us at one time, there are people, there are clients we don't work for. Hey, God. When we came down in the evening, you straightened up. We didn't have a car. We're still bossing. But you entered the bus. We're the best and the brightest. And because the confidence with which we would speak to MDs a week, a month after, you would never know we just started work. There are words that God wants to speak to you this year. There's someone who's been afraid that they will die. And you just need to spend one hour with God and let him tell you something that shuts down, down forever. Just a word that God, just one experience. You will hear it clearly. The Bible says in Romans 8 that the spirit testifies with our spirits. That, we've, that you, you will get to the place where you are not afraid of what everyone is afraid of. That you would control the airwaves over your soul. That you would not laugh at everything. Because when you laugh, you open your soul. In that moment, you are accepting of what is said. that you would spend time worshipping God. That you would spend time hearing God. That we've gotten to the place where 
your time with God can no longer be accidental. That you would let God bring you and I to the place where we think like he thinks. That they would bring you gossip which in the past would have excited you and said, do you know X and Y? She just, we just found out that she's pregnant. We told you and you would, you would say compassion would well out of your heart. And you say, we need to pray for her. She's going to be fine. This will not be the end of her life. Not that you clap and say, ah, <laughs> ah, I asked her how to see my God is a living God. That's not your God. <laughs> that even you will be surprised with the kind of love that comes out of your heart. And even your parents will call you and say, what is happening? This when you walk into the office, people shift. People everywhere goes quiet. Just because you are one level up, your assistant manager. The HR will want to promote you, but they know, no, 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 no. If we make you a manager, even the MD can't sit again. But that you would stay with God's word. The Bible says the entrance of his word brings light. There's someone who's been unable to conceive an idea. You've been unable to plan what God wants you to plan. And it's time to dream big dreams. I've said it before here, that look, one day, somebody will finish praying and get up and saying, how much is a bank? Bank. Like GTB, how much? And then God, you and God will discuss the path towards acquiring it. Right now, you're still wearing an iPhone 10. No, no, no. God is shaking it. No, no, no. <laughs> mm. and so we'll pray because it's interesting that before we get saved there is nurture there's our DNA there's the environment and when we get saved and God is trying to feed us with the word put us within the body put us in a place and he's trying to change things around us I remember we were praying yesterday and I said my God there are certain songs I cannot listen to and this is me I'm very particular about what I listen to I am. But I, I said I would, that there were certain things that I could not let settle over my heart anymore. For someone, it's the quantity of news that you need to reduce. You just need to, because there's too much bad news. Someone is dealing with lust, and all the music on your playlist is E, E, E. Explicit. You say, I just enjoy the beats. <laughs> they are beating your destiny. <laughs> they are beating it. <laughs> Is that just like uh, uh, Young John? Young John. Oh, don't just. I don't, I'm just telling you one I think I remember. This is where I stopped. I don't know where. But some songs you need to delete from the phone and the library. The prayer in my heart was no to divination. And. and and I was like, you know, because it was almost that picture. It says the God of this world, whose minds the God of this world has blinded. So I said, ah, my mind will not be blinded. Ah, no, I refused. Ah, no, 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 no. I did not grow up in Benin. Come to Lagos. Be, get born again. Do the things that I've done. So for me to be walking around with a blinded mind, it's too many, I can't. Ah, no. No. Jesus did not die. So that, look, I don't, anything God wants to put in my mind, I'm ready. Some of us are locked in on Canada. God has been, he's been whispering. Tell the angel, tap her. They've tapped you. you Maybe when you get in the plane and the pilot says, there's somebody here. (laughs) God says, I should tell you. And you should not go to, maybe that's when you will hear him. Because what he wants to do with you is not there. It's not there. Someone has, we've listened to, I don't know, for someone, 
Father, help me. For someone, it is pain that you have invested in. You lost something. Maybe there was a divorce. Maybe there was a failure in life. And you've invested in it and it's compounding. And so it's blocking your mind. And there's bitterness. You, you bite, you snap at people. You fight everybody. God wants to breathe over you. The Holy Spirit wants to comfort you. For someone, you grew up in poverty. And they told you money doesn't grow on trees, and it doesn't. But the Bible says the gold is his, the silver is his, the cattle upon a thousand hills belong to your God. Someone, there's words that have been spoken over you and still are being spoken. They say, nobody in your family will do X and Y. The devil is a liar. They said, no, no one of your gender becomes this and that. But who says when God hasn't said? They said, no one from your tribe becomes head of this. Who said that? They said, you cannot be 25 and be, uh, uh, start this type of company. Who told you that? They said, it's not people like you that become pastors or missionaries, but they didn't send you. I'd like us to go ahead and pray in the spirit if you, if you, if you can. Otherwise, just talk to God this morning. And so what the air traffic controllers do when a plane needs to land, they make sure it's clear. And that's kind of the picture I have in my heart as we pray first. And every tree that our Father has not planted, let it be removed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every name that God has not named you, let it be removed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every stronghold in our minds, Father, we present our minds before you that they will not be conformed but transformed by the renewal by your word in Naharabadashikala. Holy Spirit of the living God, Jesus says you are my teacher. Will you teach me, O Lord? Will you teach me, O Lord? Will you teach me, O Lord? Someone, you know that you have had continuous conversations with pain. Would you ask God, Lord, let this pain, let it go away. Teach me, let me understand how to deal with this. He says unto Samuel, how long will you mourn over Saul? He says, fill your horn with oil. There is a new king to be crowned. That failure was not final. We know you, you didn't get a, you didn't get that application. It didn't go through. But God says, "Hey, Kalabonda Magada, I am the one who is sending you." Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. We are declaring that our minds are safe. Our minds are clear of encumbrances. Hey, Manda Liborondo Mogodosh. Someone is praying this morning. That thought pattern that held my father back. That thought pattern that held my grandfather back. That thought pattern that held everyone from my part of the country back. I declare here and now, it will not stop me because I am bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am attuned to the speaking of the Holy Ghost. Hey, I am invested in the Word. The Word of God dwells richly in me. I am changing my mind. That mountain that stood before my mother, that mountain that brought my brother's marriage down, my God, Mashelebanda, he says, who are you mountain before Zerubbabel? In the Neboros, he says, you will become a plain. It does not matter how many times you failed before. God is the one who is at work in you, but to will and to do of his good pleasure. The Bible says Abraham found hope where people could not find hope. He hoped against hope. Who told you you could not do a master's? Who told you you could not be a doctor? 
Who told you he will not live again? Who told you you will not see again? Who told you you could not sing again? Who told you you could not be happy? Who told you you could not triumph? Someone needs to pray tonight. I don't know where they told you you could not go. But I want you to declare I am going there in Jesus' name. I don't know what they suggested to you that you could not become. I want you to declare it in the presence of your Father. I will be what God says I will be. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the Bible says He is able to do exceedingly far above all that I can ask or imagine. It means that even my imagination is too small. Eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. It has not even entered into the heart of a man what God has prepared for Idris Belo Emos, so those who measured me, measured me wrongly. Those who predicted me, predicted me wrongly. Those who prophesied only knew in part. Someone is saying over their mind there is no sorcery. There is no divination against me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. We are the ones who praise in the middle of a storm. We are the ones who pray in the night. We are the ones who stand. The Bible says when men shall say there is a casting down, we shall declare that there is a lifting up. Someone needs to speak over February, over March, and tell them you have not seen me yet. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. I don't know who you knew me to be before. Someone is prophesying over themselves. Someone is speaking over their hearts. My heart is able to conceive big things. My heart is able to conceive big things. My heart is able to conceive God things. I am a creative person. I am not on that spell of divination. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.